0: I asked myself one question, does it have the ability to impact 1 billion people? I got goosebumps, and I've got them again, because I'm reliving this. And I said to myself, Steve, does gratitude have the ability to impact 1 billion people?
1: Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share new and different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Our guests come from many different and diverse backgrounds, and the one thing they all have in common is a passion for gratitude. I'm Julie Boyer, a gratitude and gut health expert, and I love showing you different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here. Today I get to share with you an interview that I did with Steve Ferran of Gratitude at Work. What I love about this interview with Steve is that we talk about gratitude in the workplace, which is something we haven't discussed very often on the podcast. Steve has some wonderful ideas of how you can express your gratitude and appreciation at work. We talk about how a few simple acts of gratitude can have a ripple effect in the workplace. We all know that workplace culture has changed tremendously since the beginning of the COVID 19 pandemic. And showing appreciation at work is something that all workplaces need to take a closer look at. For those working in a corporate environment, I encourage you to try some of the strategies that Steve is suggesting. Or better yet, share this podcast with some of your colleagues, or if you're brave enough, your manager or boss. You'll find links for Steve's gratitude reminders in the show notes, as well as some of the books and other things that we talk about during the podcast. A quick reminder to make sure that you are following this podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, simply click on follow on the main show page. And on Apple Podcasts, you can do the same thing by clicking the plus sign on the show page. This makes sure that you're not going to miss any future episodes of the podcast and learn many different and interesting ways to practice gratitude in the workplace and beyond. All right, my friends, let's dive into this interview with Steve Ferran. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I'm welcoming Steve Ferran to the podcast. Hi, Steve.
0: Hi, Julie. Great to be here. Thanks.
1: I'm so excited to welcome you all the way from the other end of Canada. It's so fun. We're really on opposite coasts here. And I just want to introduce Steve for those who have not yet had a chance to meet him. Steve is a believer in grateful leadership and founder of Gratitude at Work. His dream is 1 billion happier people. I cannot wait to learn more about this. <laughs> Gratitude at Work is a science-based program that's a simple yet innovative approach to thriving leadership and business results. He is the author of Surviving to Thriving, The 10 Laws of Grateful Leadership, which was named one of eight recommended reads by the Greater Good Science Center at University of California, Berkeley, and one of five positive psychology books for a happier 2019 in Inc. He's a son, brother, husband, father, and unapologetically proud grandfather, and a lifelong resident of Halifax, Nova Scotia, and doing his part to make his community a better place to live. Steve, as I always love to start the podcast, I would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about your story.
0: Yeah, um, we're, I just kind of wonder my a good place to start would be. Um, I'm trained as an engineer. And uh, you might be thinking, engineer, gratitude? Do engineers even have parts? And uh, Julie, I'm the first to tell you, yes, we do. They might be a little charcoal gray, but we have parts. And um, I, uh, you know, when I started working as an engineer, I knew for a fact that you know when I started working at Nova Scotia Power, the electric utility, my first job. I knew for a fact that's where I was going to retire, and um, it didn't happen that way. life kind of just moved along, and you know as you move through life, different things happen, and we all just we life happens, and uh, probably. 13, 14 years into working, I had this aha moment where I realized my life was handed to me on a silver platter. And it just brought this enormous sense of gratitude into my head and, and my heart. And we didn't travel you know, to say some developing country or, or, or we didn't, I didn't experience a life changing, like. there there wasn't this near tragic experience it just was this ordinary vanilla realization but it was it's like it it just smacked me and uh, and that got me just brought this enormous sense of gratitude so you imagine Mm. feeling like your life has been given to you on a silver platter and you know for you I'm probably you're probably thinking yeah that's pretty obvious well to me it was not obvious until that happened
1: i want to comment on the fact that you said it didn't take a life altering experience or you didn't have to almost die or get a, you know a, a diagnosis of something and this is a message that i've been sharing for years you know, part of my own story does come from uh, having a near-death experience, although that is not where my gratitude practices began. And I say to you know my listeners all the time, it's not about waiting for that near-death moment to happen. It's about finding gratitude today in those vanilla moments, in an everyday moment, just having a realization of how incredible the world is and how incredibly blessed we are especially you know here we are we live in Canada like you said you really felt like life had been handed to you in a silver platter and you're right there's so much that we just take for granted that is just there for us given the fact that we from the beginning just live you know in a developed country
0: sure and, and it's uh at first you know people would ask me because I quit my job and started Teaching and doing this for my work, and people would ask me, "What happened to you?" And i I didn't have this huge and not huge, magnificent answer or whatever. And I, and for a, a long time, I thought that was um, well, it was a problem for me. Like seriously, you know what I mean when you yeah. kind of yeah. I, I saw it as a debt today. I see it as a gift because it it's it's in the ordinariness of everyday life with all the crap and everything that's going on around is still because I got to crap too but yeah, for sure that's where we live day in day out yeah. and um and so I, I I just I'm glad it was an ordinary circumstance it wasn't anything you know so hopefully if you're listening and you're thinking like Oh, geez, do I, what has to happen to me to, for me to be able to find a greater sense of gratitude? Or if you, you've had it and feel like it's lost, you know, it can feel really frustrating when you know what you're looking for and you just can't grasp it for whatever reason. I just want to say, have hope. Like, just know in your knower that you are going to get it. You might not know how you're going to find it again or whatever, but just know you're going to find it again.
1: It sounds a little bit like you had those moments of imposter syndrome, right? Where you're like, I'm not entirely sure, like, but I don't really have this. And then you went through it, which is, you know, many people deal with that, that not feeling like they should be doing this thing, this, but you are, you were following your life's purpose and your life's journey. You listened to whatever that nudge was and you went in another direction. Like you said, when you began your career as an engineer, you thought that was the way that you would retire. And you listened to that nudge, that intuition that led you in a different direction. And now you are making an impact in such a different way than you could have ever imagined. And so where did the, like, why start specifically gratitude at work? Is it just because you come from a corporate career and that was the world that you knew?
0: It it was, yeah. So, like, I have this realization. I was in grad school. Mm -hmm. So I was like, and I was doing a business master's in business and I had to do research. So it was like, this is what I'm going to do my research on. Like in 2004, when you walk into the Dean's office and say, you want to do your research on the connection between gratitude and charitable giving and why people serve and why people help others, you get a very weird look. Mm -hmm. And so... I, I'm I'm not a fast study. I think I dragged that three or four month research project out for two years. And when I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and when I finished, I just looked at my wife. I said, Hun, I think this is the work I got to start doing. And I Julie, I didn't even know what the work was. I didn't the way I explained it back then is different than when I explained it today, but the fundamental premise of it really hasn't changed. It is just Helping discover you know, and, 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 and enlighten and enliven gratitude within, within my soul, within each person's soul. You know, What you're doing now is you're multiplying it. And, um, and to your question, like how did it go at work? It, I just started talking to people and it wasn't like this master plan of this works. Good. Like there was a bit, I got to do this for a living. I just started talking to people in my network. And it just started to kind of grow from there.
1: Oh, that's amazing. I I actually think it's so cool that it came from a research project at a time when gratitude research was probably like not even, like you said, people were like giving you weird looks. What are you researching about? And even today, you know, we're in 2023. So it's almost 20 years later. The gratitude research field is still... Not a huge field of research, even though you and I both know anecdotally the really transformative power that gratitude has for so many people. Now, your business, Gratitude at Work, or the program that you run, it says that it is a science based program. So tell me a little bit about that. How did that come together? Are you doing some research and in your own work? And yeah, just share with me that.
0: Yeah, sure. Like, once an engineer, I think always an right. engineer. So there's the science and the, yeah. the evidence-based side of things, um, and, and really we blend together the science, but also uh, innovation. And innovation doesn't happen through evidence-based approaches. It, it's based on these informed approaches that we continue to iterate all along the way. Like in 2006, when I started there was a body of work in gratitude and some of it goes back to the 80s and even before the 80s, but it was very, I'll say thin. There wasn't a lot of of, of roots in in the tree and like, it has grown a lot, like a lot In, in that 2000 from 2006. And I think it was 1919, the John Templeton Foundation brought together some social science researchers and they said, we think gratitude is important. Who wants to take up some research on it? And there was a few of them in the room that kind of said, raised their hand. I was not part of any of these conversations. Um, and then so a few of them stuck their hands up and they, that was, that was, the game changer in gratitude. So, in terms of why we're here today, mm. all these things that like folks have done over the years—that I think would have been a pivotal, pivotal time. And I, I, I talked to Bob Emmons, and he's probably one of the leading—and and he would not say he's the leading gratitude researcher yeah. in the world. he is, though. So. Um, so, yeah. But Bob was in the room, and and he talks about it. And in in a very humble way. And, uh, but he was one of the ones who stuck his hand up and said, I want to do some of this. And so he goes in and you're seeing stuff today. uh, Almost every week I'm seeing peer reviewed work on gratitude. And so I take that and I just, I started using it and making sense of all the research that's out there. How does this apply in a corporate setting? Because really the stuff at work yeah. I didn't start seeing any research on gratitude at work or in the workplace really until the late 20, uh, 2008, 2009. 2000. And then it was like two studies. Uh, we're seeing a lot more stuff now in the last yeah. five years. though. So.
1: Yeah. And I would also add that I think we're seeing more about gratitude at work and grateful leadership after a global pandemic. Absolutely. And we have seen how the world has changed in a corporate environment through the global pandemic. You know, we have people doing the quiet quitting and employees really starting to feel like giving their life for an employer who doesn't respect them or appreciate them maybe isn't worth it anymore. So how have you seen your work change and evolve even in the last few years
0: yeah you know one of the the things that folks are really interested in in not necessarily gratitude but the fact that gratitude helps deliver this is that gratitude as a as a tool a a self-care tool you can think of it as a self-care tool it helps us build resilience uh, it helps us with our mental health and our mental well-being. It's it's not a cure for mental illness. I do know that doctors prescribe and teach their tell their patients to journalize gratitude. I'm not giving that as medical advice here, but I know I know doctors that use this as part of their practice and their treatment practices. Um, so people are framing it and seeing gratitude as a tool to help people be stronger to build resilience to to um, to to re- really just to help to in my language to help people thrive to help us feel like life is a playground in spite of everything going on because if it's not the pandemic
1: yeah
0: it's going to be something else it, it's going it, to be like, something
1: else and maybe on a, well, a micro level and a macro level right Global pandemic, macro, micro level, people are dealing with challenges that come up all the time, especially in a work environment. And it was also, I think, the pandemic that taught employers that asking employees to leave, like separate their work life and their home life, it doesn't work. You're still the same person that shows up at work after going through a devastating loss and having empathy and gratitude and being an appreciation for that person and understanding that they're a human being i think is also one of the nice nicer things that's come out of the pandemic and i know there's a lot of science too on the power of appreciation and expressing our gratitude for others so how do you coach people that are f- perhaps in leadership or managerial positions in a corporate work environment what are some of the ways that you would coach someone to say, "Here's some of the things you can do to show your, your employees, your staff that you appreciate them?"
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, the first thing we do is we kind of we, we'll believe we'll and back it up to help people understand some of the context as to why you would do this, and you know, and so one of the primary motivations that we as humans need. Uh, that must be met in order for us to act, show up as our best self, is to feel socially valued, right? And and for me at work, the most important person that I believe socially values me, in other words, cares for me, is my boss. So we need leaders to know that their people, your people need to, they need to unequivocally know that you Care for them as a human being, irrespective of whether you're late for work, you deliver on your, like these two things are, they're mutually exclusive. It doesn't mean we tolerate late for work or uh, substandard behaviors, but the care that someone has for a human being, for an employee, it, we cannot attach it to their performance and that's a hard thing to do because people you like, people who are doing well all the time and all, those are the easy ones to be grateful for, right? Yeah. And because yeah. expressing gratitude, what it does, it helps meet that need that every human has to feel socially valued. When I did my MBA, they didn't tell us that. They, they taught us about the other need that must be met. In order to show up to be my best, I need to feel capable and competent. So what they told us in organizational behavior, what they taught us, and and through management courses was be very specific with your feedback. And what that does, that reinforces, oh, Steve, great job on that report. You were, you know, like it reinforces my capability. So I know to do that. So before we get anyone to get out there and, and they're already expressing gratitude, but before we do that, we really have to ground them in that understanding. And then the motivation why you're doing this, if you're doing it simply to get more productivity or to get a project delivered on time or anything other than you genuinely care for them as a human being, your people are going to feel used the same way you are going to feel used if someone did that with you. And the, the funny thing is, is when you put that first care for the human being, those other things like more productivity, uh, just showing up as our best—they they follow, and that's what the research so far that we've yeah. seen in the workplace shows is that people that spend fifty to 50, fifteen to fifty percent more time going the extra mile when they're on the receiving end of gratitude, they're f- up to fifty percent more productive when they've received a genuine thank you. So. It is really powerful, and so if I can answer your question now, <laughs> help write a gratitude note. Put a put a reminder in your phone, yep, or in your calendar to once a day make sure you thank one person. Like if you're if like just being very intentional every day, I'm going to thank some. Who is it? Could be it could be some of the reports to you. It could be a colleague that you are like. Gratitude is not something that just goes up and down. It goes sideways. It's horizontal and vertical. When was the last time you expressed gratitude upwards? Yes. Like exactly every direction.
1: Exactly. So good. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is something that I think about a lot is this ability to express gratitude for the people that we work for, right? And especially... I mean, if you want to keep your job, that would be one little thing you could do. If you like your job and you want to stay where you are, let them know that you appreciate working in an environment that's specific with your, you know, very specific gratitude is so important. We just finished a 30 days of gratitude for the month of March. And the 30 days of gratitude was send a, you know, write and send a physical note to someone in your life for 30 days. And although I don't work in a corporate environment, haven't for a very long time, but that is a transformative practice in itself, just doing that. And so I know I really, you're probably the only second person and who's ever mentioned this on a podcast about sending a note, like sitting down as a person who works with other people. You don't have to be a manager or a boss to do this, but to every day have that little reminder in your phone. I still have a reminder in my phone every day to remind me to send um, what I call a love text, which is a text of appreciation to someone in my life. So I'm not doing cards anymore. I did it for 30 days straight. Now I'm focusing on sending a text message. But that reminder in the phone is the key. It's Because if not, everything else is much more important. And I would say, like many things, put it er earlier in your day. Because, of course, if it's later, it's not it's going to get pushed to the next day. This isn't like a to-do list. This is something you do because you genuinely want to improve the the culture at your environment in your environment
0: it, it it doesn't you know good on you for that. It, it's you know the, the other thing when I'm coaching folks it and just really encouraging them, make it gen- like for this to be genuine, it needs to be you. if you're Like, if writing really isn't your thing, like, one, I might say, get over it. Second, I might say is, well, how else can you do? What is it that you can do that's really genuine for you that's going to help other people understand that? But I have notes that have been written to me by supervisors, my boss's boss, that are more than 30 years old, and I still have them. I don't, don't tell my wife, but I don't have our last anniversary card. So
1: I, but I, I'm the same. I have notes that I, cause you know, sometimes when you're the one expressing a lot of gratitude, I don't get a lot of gratitude cards. I get them occasionally, but you know, when they do and when they're specific, I keep them. And I know I'm thinking of a card right now that I received from someone This is so neat. I received a thank you card from someone who helped me achieve a goal in my business. I have a network marketing business that I did for 17 years. And years ago, more than a decade ago, when I achieved a really big goal, one of the people on the customer service team that was working with me sent me a card to say how much they appreciated working with me, which is so not what you would expect in this kind of an environment. And I kept that, that card I know I still have it because it was so different to hear someone say, like, express genuine gratitude for enjoying working with me. And that's, I mean, I have so little experience in that kind of corporate workplace environment. And one card changed how I feel. So think about to one person. Like, you kept cards for 30 years. I've kept them for over a decade. And that's one card.
0: One card. One card. it's, it's very powerful. These yeah. like gratitude does create these upward spirals and it spins off. It, it feels good. It's, <laughs> you know, it, it, it really, it really does. And, it, and if you think of, if you want to do this for your people, like in your, in your organization, and if you you know, well, I can't control this from my whole company. And well, if you have a department that you have response, you can do this within your department. Yeah. If you don't and you have it within a group of people, a team, you work, do it within your team. Just ask yourself, where do I have a sphere of influence and an ability to make this happen at work and just make just do it is yeah. the would be my advice.
1: And you know what sometimes the most powerful gratitude appreciation is, is to the invisible people, right? The people we take for granted, the people that are, you know, running our buildings or cleaning up after us or manning the phones or whatever that we're just not even aware of. And by noticing and appreciating even like, especially the people visible to us, that has such a little ripple effect because it changes someone's mood and the way they interact with people when they know that they're appreciated and they have like evidence of being appreciated. So I love what you said about that ripple effect. You don't have to change your whole organization, just change what you're doing, which leads me to my next question was, which is, I really want to hear about your big dream, right? Oh, yes. Your big dream. Tell me Tell me more about this dream of 1 billion happier people.
0: So I'm sitting in this conference in 2018. Um, and the opening keynote speaker was a gentleman by the name of um, Peter Diamandis.
1: Oh, and yes, I know Peter Diamandis.
0: So he's like <sighs> a medical doctor from Harvard. PhD in like astrophysics from Harvard.
1: Love his work. Yeah,
0: runs the X Prize, which you know, a million dollars to the first million or ten million to the ten million to the first that that can put you know a rocket up into orbit with a human on it, bring it down, and then same rocket up it, do it in do it twice, like in a week or two. First team to do it, ten million dollars. At the time, the X Prize that they were giving out was. Ten million dollars to the first team that can extract two thousand liters of water per day, extracted from the atmosphere, for less than ten cents a liter. You do that, ten million dollars. Anyhow, they introduce them on all, with all this, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm not even worthy to be in this room. You talk about imposters. Yeah, yeah. So he gets his talk. And at the end, someone asks him a question. They said, Peter, how do you decide what you are going to invest your time, your money, your energy into? And he looks at him and he says, I asked myself one question. Does it have the ability to impact 1 billion people? I got goosebumps. And I've got them again, because I'm reliving this. And I said to myself, Steve, does gratitude have the ability to impact one billion people? Mm-hmm. I know it does. How? I don't know. I'm not quite sure how it's all going to happen yet, but you know as an engineer, the systems are going in place and all this stuff. so and it was that's where it was born and just this mm-hmm. belief. That this is going to positively influence the lives of many folks, and I know it's not just through me; it's through Julie. You are doing this, and for you listening, like you and you carry, you are part of making this world. We each are making this world a better place.
1: And I think about you and I together today, right? Multiplying both of our efforts around gratitude by sharing this interview with people right? We each grow our network. And it was interesting, you know, we were introduced by a friend, IJ. And I thought, how interesting, I've not met Steve yet. And I love that because you've been in this world longer than me. I've been in it for just about uh, 12 years. And you've been in it longer than I have. And we just hadn't crossed paths yet. And to me, what that means is that there's so much room for this message to keep growing and keep impacting more people. I will mention for our listeners, my favorite Peter Diamandis book uh, is Abundance. And I will link to that book in the show notes because what I love about Peter Diamandis is he is a futurist, right? Future thinker. And he really focuses on how our world is actually getting better as opposed to, you know, right? The Mm negative. So I love so much that you got to hear Peter Diamandis speak. It is my dream. Like I'm on his newsletter. I I just love that that's... That's where the idea come from, came from. So Steve, um, as we're wrapping things up, what I would love for you to share with our listeners is what do your personal gratitude practices look like?
0: Uh, there are four foundational habits. But two of them are really, you kind of, in my day, I know what I'm going to do with them every single day. Um, one, I make a list of what I'm grateful for and I record it. I record it electronically. Um, I to encourage you to resist the temptation to just think about it in your head, record it. Um, and I do that typically at the end of my day, that's kind of typically at my end of my day in the morning, I consume other people's gratitudes. I read or listen to what other people are grateful for this. And this was a game changer. You're not going to see this in the research anywhere. I tripped into it. I just subscribed to a gratitude blog. It's like you listening, listening to it. You are consuming other people's gratitudes. That is a game changer. And I teach this uh, work in an organization. How do you do it? Share one thing you're grateful for at a meeting. Everyone gets to talk. They get to make a list and they get to consume. So you get both of these in. Uh, so really powerful and um the, uh, the the second two is, you know, sharing what I'm grateful for. So I hardwire that I send a newsletter out every day, just my gratitude newsletter that share what you talk about it, share your gratitudes, get that out in the world. And the fourth habit is just be very intentional with saying thank you. And one of the ways that I do that every day is when I interact with people who are serving me. Uh, I call it saying thank you. But it's really noticing and paying attention to the human beings that you're crossing your life that you don't even know. And I'll, you know, Tibby, hi, how are you? And then I'll just say, and I'll stop. How's your day going? And I'll look straight in the eyes. And it's like, just acknowledge them. And sometimes you have a little conversation. I did this, at one, one time I did it at a grocery store. And the woman who was serving me just broke down and she just broke down into tears. So, what she was going through something in her life, right? And it just was. uh, So, those are my habits. Yeah. How about you? What are your habits, Julie?
1: Mine are similar for sure. I end my day with gratitude. I gave up electronic when I. Started, I was writing in a Blackberry tablet. I don't know if you remember those, but it crashed and the document got corrupted. So then I said, no more electronic. I'm writing everything on pen and paper, which I love. I love to write. So that was easy. End my day with three or four, three or more things I'm grateful for specifically to that day. And then I add a gratitude intention. Something I have yet to manifest on the physical plane, but I give thanks as though it's already happened. So right now I am grateful for a dip in my hot tub every day. Love it. (laughs) Manifest a hot tub. I mean, who knows? I've manifested crazier things. So I start my day with a gratitude mantra. Thank you for this gift of another day and the opportunity to be of service to others and to make a difference in this world and right now i'm quite consumed in the world of gratitude as i'm working on a book proposal for my next book the gratitude solution and that proposal is just coming together as we're recording this so i am spending a lot of my day consuming gratitude as you say and i want to mention that this always surprises me how we're at over 200 interviews on the podcast and yet no one else has shared this concept of consuming gratitude to start your day. So reading about other people's gratitude stories and gratitude things. So I'll make sure that our listeners get that link if they want your daily gratitude. And if you said you subscribe to a blog as well, so maybe we'll share that. So I love that idea. I love so much that gratitude is such an abundant concept that there are endless ways to practice it. And allowing your life to have different ways to weave gratitude in and out of it depending on what phase you are in your life i think is so important
0: it it is ni- nicely tied together in a bow
1: <laughs> it's my pleasure steve we could talk For at least another hour, I really enjoy your energy, your passion for gratitude. I can feel it through the screen. I'm sure our listeners will connect to you as well. Just your real desire to make a difference on a global level. So where is the best place for people to find you?
0: At uh, www. I don't know if you have to even say that anymore, do you? (laughs) Gratitude at Uh, Go there. And when you're there in the footer, Mm -hmm. you'll find a a sign-up form where you can register and get the daily gratitude. So you get three gratitudes from me and three from a guest. We're just in a a hiatus on guests because we're in the middle of changing systems. So at the time that we're recording... You're just going to get three from me, but uh, very shortly afterwards, uh, you'll get six gratitudes a day and you'll be able to incorporate consuming gratitudes as a habit in your in your day. So, Julie, thanks. Thanks so much. I really appreciate you risking your you putting your reputation on the line to have me on your show, because after I'm done, I'm gone. You are here with your listeners. And so I I really appreciate you putting your reputation on. Uh, on the line for me.
1: It's been my pleasure. And the great news about this, Steve, is that podcasts stick around for a long time and we never know when someone might be consuming this content. If you're looking for things to consume and listen to, as I said, there's over 200 episodes of this podcast. So you can listen to I mean, I don't love the first few episodes I did, but like any project, it only gets better, right? The longer you do it. And I've learned so much over these past three years and it's so great to get to meet more and more people that are in the gratitude space that I just hadn't had a chance to meet yet. So, all right, my friend, with that, I will wrap things up, say thank you for your time. And I'm so grateful for this moment we spent together. Thank you. Thanks for sticking around till the end of the podcast. I appreciate you. If you're not already following us on your favorite app, make sure you click on the check or follow podcast so you'll be alerted every time there's a new podcast episode. If you enjoyed the episode and wanna help us grow, here's some easy things that you can do. You can leave a review on your favorite app. You can share this podcast with a friend and send it directly. And you can also share through social media. Feel free to tag me on any posts in your stories and I'll repost. Thank you to Paul Tedeschini for doing the post-production audio for the podcast. And one last thing, I hope you're choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.